straight thugs on this side. Let's do or die to the death like the terminal ill. Taking their last breath. Read your last right. God forgive me. Hey, for what's up? What's up? What's up, everyone? Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another podcast of the Daily Mind. I'm back again with another half hour or so. Like I usually do, it's whatever comes up. And, um, you know, today is going to be a really, really good topic. Before I start this topic, um, just want to know how my day, let you guys know how my day went. It's cold. It's productive. Um, like I said, I've been feeling tremendous as far as mood. I don't think I've ever felt so energetic and alive. I don't know. And it's weird because I'm getting older. You would think I'm, you know, things, you know, are kind of slowing down, but it seems like I'm aging backwards. I'm, I'm a little bit more youthful. Everything just feels a little bit more fresh. I don't know what it is. I'm just going to take it for what it is and just just ride with it. It's a good thing. It hopefully leads to even better things. Hopefully the same is working for you. Um, can you believe it's already the 16th, already halfway through the month? It's like I could have sworn like New Year's was like maybe a few days ago. And now it's uh it's already the 16th, already halfway through the month. A couple of weeks, my birthday's coming up. I'm going to be 39. Again, 39 is crazy. So, yeah, don't have any big plans. Um, but I'm already thinking about my 40th birthday, you know, make it that far and whatnot. Because um, that's like a milestone birthday. 40 is big. 40 is massive. 39, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go along with it. Um, whatever, I have the free time. Maybe go out to something to eat, you know, whatever. That's usually me. I'm just a, um, I'm a very simplistic person when it comes to things. I'm not a big celebratory person. I just kind of like to, you know, just celebrate in my own way. Um, and I just go along with it. But, you know, that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. But, man, what is going on? Like, the month is already halfway through. It's amazing, man. It, it's going by fast. It's, it's a you know, can't wait to see what the year has to offer. But anyway, it's Tuesday. No special episode. But I am going to finally give you um, my Cat Williams episode. As you guys know and heard for the past couple of weeks, um, his bombshell interview that he's given and how it shook the the comedy world completely to its core. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, um, I've been following Cat Williams or at least known of Cat Williams since perhaps uh, Friday after next. That's the first time I think I've ever been ever seen this guy. I mean, I'm, he's been doing stand up and stuff prior to. But this is the first that was the first time I've ever seen him on a screen. I don't I can't remember. I can't recall seeing him anywhere else. But he has been doing things uh, even before then. And um, he's been blowing up ever since. I guess he got his start on stand-up. And if you've watched the interview, um, he kind of give you a, a, a glimpse into his world and how he came about. So he's been at this for a bit. You know, The weird thing is he, he grew up a Jehovah's Witness, strict household, all this stuff. And he had to just get away. But, you know, he exposed all this. And we've seen a side of Cat Williams that... Uh, that I didn't even think was possible. You know, we've all seen him as this, uh, you know, this this comedian. But you know, it's not it's not very often that comedians or celebrities indulge so deep into their um, their lives like that. But for some reason, he got on this interview, and boy, he 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 took the um, <clears throat> he took the comedian comedy world by storm and kind of came at everybody. Like you remember when 50, 50 Cent first came out with that song "How to Rob"? This was before Fifty was even like big you know it was his way of getting in and he went after every just about every artist you could think of at that time he went in and that's what got him but see cat williams is already established 
he may not be as big as uh, like Steve Harvey, uh, Eddie Murphy, and stuff like that, but he's established. So he comes in in this interview with Shannon Sharp a few days, a few day, uh, about a week or so ago. Mind you, I didn't know where the memes were coming from, but I kept seeing like memes of Cat Williams, and I was like, well, why is he just all of a sudden, you know, popping up out of nowhere? The man's not dead. I hope not. But then I found out why, and then I looked up the interview with Shannon Sharp, and I see how big of a rave this was making. This was making, it was blowing up super fast. So I get on it, and it's already two days in to when the, uh, the interview was published, and it was already at 20 million views and counting in two days. I've never seen anything blow up that fast on YouTube. In two days, this man's interview has had over 20 million people. In fact, I'm going to check right now to see exactly where it's at right now. But this interview um, really, really shook the, the comedy world in, in its core. And mind you, the interview was like two and a half hours. Within the first 30 minutes, though, because I will, I will be honest, the first 30, almost 40 minutes is where he gets in everybody's ass <laughs> in the comedy world. And then the rest of it is just kind of more into his life. It wasn't completely like two hours of... Um, of him just, you know, tearing everybody a piece. It was more him just like also just the tone to tell about, you know, a lot a lot of us have not really known of before. But I think I, th I think the question is, and there's a lot of questions to it, is why? Why did Cat Williams like right now at this particular point in time get on an interview and expose everybody like this? Now, Cat Williams is not exactly one of the richest comedians. In fact, some people say he's been blacklisted from Hollywood for a few things um, because he just couldn't conform. He wouldn't conform to a lot of things that Hollywood would expect. Um, for example, Dave Chappelle, um, when he had his show on Comedy Central, he turned down a $50 million contract with Comedy Central. And it was because he said that Comedy Central, yeah, they would have given him all this creative control, but just think about it. They're giving you $50 million. You think they're not going to have a hand in what you do? He didn't want to be taken advantage of and manipulated and, you know, being told to do things that he would not want to do. So he ran away from it. And then people, they made it look as if he was just, you know, he lost his mind and disappeared. The man didn't lose his mind. He just didn't want his brand, his image to become Comedy Central, where, yeah, they'll pay you all this money. And then all of a sudden now it's... um. You got to, like, do whatever it is that they do and, and that they want you to do. He didn't want that. So he dipped from that. So right now, if I'm looking at this correctly, that interview was published 13 days ago. I believe if today's the 16th, that would make it somewhere around the 3rd or the 4th. It might have been published. It's already at 49 million views. It had 20 million within the first couple of days. Okay, so Cat Williams, why did he do it? Why did he go on this interview to, to expose this? I wish I would have known more about the um, Club Shay Shay uh, show that he does. You know, Shannon Sharp, he was a former football player, commentator, had his own show. Now he's doing his own podcasting, and it seems to um, it seems to be working out. For him, as you can see, this is probably perhaps one of his biggest interviews he's ever done, ever, was the Cat Williams interview, and I think it's going to do favors for both of them. Now, going back to Cat Williams, Cat Williams, he – has done movies. He's done tremendous. He's done quite a few movies, and everybody knows him as Money Mike from Friday After Next. But afterwards, he ran into some legal troubles, and a lot of people say he was blacklisted for a lot of things. For the same thing with like Dave Chappelle, they tried to cancel him out because he couldn't. He didn't want to like conform. So Cat Williams had a um, he had a list. He had a really 
good laundry list of um, people that he wanted to attack. Um, I know infamously he, he attacked Steve Harvey. Now, this is a known fact. If you've ever grew up with Steve Harvey back in the 90s, and he even had me fooled that his perfect shape-up was actually just a man piece. Now, that was spoken about for years and years that Steve Harvey was actually bald under that rug. You know, people back in the day, I remember when he did the show, he, everybody was like, yo, how do you get such a perfect lineup? Who's this barber? Blah, 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 blah. Nobody would know. But it turned out he had a fucking man piece on <laughs> the whole time. That's why it was so damn perfect. Now, don't get me wrong. There's perhaps barbers out there that probably do a really, really nice, nice shape up. But that shit was just too perfect that people just could not figure it out. But people who were close to him probably knew, like, yeah, Steve is bald. Which is now, as you see now, he's bald. He just kind of let it go. But he went after Steve Harvey. He claimed that also, like, Steve Harvey took a lot of his jokes. He steals jokes. Along with Cedric, uh, the entertainer Robinson, um, he steals jokes. Now, you remember the Kings of Comedy trope where it consisted of Bernie Mac, Steve Harvey, D.L. Hughley, and um, let me see. It was Steve Harvey, D.L. Hughley, and Cedric the Entertainer. And it was another one. It was four of them. I'm sorry, I'm kind of slipping up. And they, they were just a nice comedy trope, and they had come out with a movie and everything. So there's been a lot of backstabbing with that as well that he put out there that, you know, they were stealing jokes. Cedric stole jokes. I mean, it's no secret that in the comedy world that um, comedians somewhat often not, they, yeah, they steal. I ain't gonna lie. They steal fucking jokes. So they'll take it and, like, put a spit on it to make it look like it's their joke or just not complete plagiarism of a joke. They'll sit there tell the joke and then you know just hey you know this is my joke but if you follow comedy you 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 might ask yourself wait i heard that joke before you know i've heard it somewhere um where the fuck i've heard that from and then you realize you heard it from a whole nother comedian okay but again i guess why i guess even i'm trying to figure this out like why would cat williams at this particular time do this now, a lot of people speculate he's broke. A lot of people call him a hater. A lot of people this, that, and the third. But I call him a genius. He's an absolute fucking genius. A menace. <laughs> he's actually a smarter man than a lot of people pin him out to be. He's actually very intelligent. Now, whether or not you believe the whole, you know, he read 3,000 books deal, whether he had read 3,000 books or not, or close to, the man has read some books. He's very articulate in the way he speaks. He is confident in the way he speaks, and he and, and, and he's he has a decent he has a, a well thought out vocabulary. He puts his words together perfectly. If you can't if you don't tell me you know you can't tell me that's a man that don't read. He reads, okay. Now whether or not you believe he reads three thousand books is completely up to you, and it's left to interpretation. But the man reads. He's very intelligent. Okay, he grew up in a strict household. You would have never thought, but you know, again, you know, a lot of the story he told, you could take it. For what it is, and then just go go after that. Now he went after a lot of people. He went after Diddy, Harvey Weinstein, R. Kelly, Michael Jackson. Um, shit, he went on everybody, man. Like <laughs> every fucking body. But why? You know. And what is it gonna do now for the comedy world out there? As soon as this dude came out with this interview, he has brought everybody out the woodwork. Every comedian that he sat there and shitted on came out with some sort of a response video. And, of course, you know, they had to do that to clear their name to to back up some of the shit that he said that may not be true. 
So, you know, like he went on on Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is a, a monumental piece of comedy right now. I personally think he's okay. I think he kind of plays his, you know, he plays the same Kevin Hart almost in every single movie. But the man is worth a lot of money, and he's worth a hell of a lot more than Cat Williams. Hands down. He came out and said something about the whole situation. And, you know, Cat Williams called him what, 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 what some people would call a plant into the industry. You know, here it is now. You may not be familiar with the term a plant. It's also a term used in the music world. Like, for example, um, Cardi B or Sexy Red will be considered plants of the industry. They just came out of nowhere. No one's ever heard of them. But they come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, they're big shit. That's the same thing with Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Kevin Hart. Yeah, like Kevin Hart, I think the first movie I've seen with Kevin Hart in it had to have been Soul Plane. And we're talking back in 2004, maybe 2005. No, no, I'm pretty sure Soul Plane came out in 2004. If I'm wrong, correct me. That's the first time I ever heard of Kevin Hart. I don't know who the fuck he was. I didn't hear any of his work, seen any of his work. He just came out of nowhere, and he was funny. He was young, new, new face, new face of comedy. I'm playing along big wigs like Snoop Dogg, Monique, and a few other comedians like Godfrey all up there. Like, this guy is new. Nobody knows who he is. That's what Cat Williams is like. That, that he calls him a plant. Like, he's just a guy that he, they, they feel the industry needs a new, fresh face that the comedy world, the movie industry needed. And it worked. Because the man has done a lot of fucking movies. He's worth, I think, about, if I'm not mistaken, two to, somewhere between two to four, $200, uh, $400 million. The man is worth. That's a lot of money for somebody who is a plant. But nonetheless, um, you know... <laughs> The guy is making money. I, I wanna, I'm trying to find a complete list because I remember some of the people he spoke about in the interview, but I want to go over a list of these comedians. Um, if you just give me a second. Let's see. Let me see. Oh, boy. I'm trying to – because I'm telling you, that shit had everybody glued. Where I'm at right now, everybody was on their phone watching this shit. Um, <laughs> let me see. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think there was one um it was one part I think that got me. And then again, so it's Steve Harvey. He ripped that man a whole new one, made fun of the way he talked and everything. Um now there's a bit in the interview and a quote or a paraphrase here it says um Williams rekindled his long-standing feud with Steve Harvey by accusing him of ripping off Mark Curry. Now, if you guys are not familiar with Mark Curry, we're going back to the 1990s, hanging with Mr. Cooper, Mark Curry. He played that bit in uh, the Jamie Foxx show. But in the 90s, Mark Curry, um, I'm not too familiar with a lot of his stand-up, but I do remember him uh, from hanging with Mr. Cooper. But it says here that he's accused of ripping off Mark Curry, among other things. Harvey, he says, quote, Steve Harvey, said, uh, Harvey couldn't be a movie star. Um, there are, there are, are 30,000 new scripts in Hollywood each year. So he made fun of the fact that, you know, Steve Harvey was an actor or whatever that couldn't talk very well, um, that nobody was looking for a country bumpkin of sorts. He even accused Steve Harvey of trying to steal the Ocean's 11 or Ocean's 12 script because Bernie Mac was, I believe, in Ocean's 12. Steve Harvey, there's legend that Steve Harvey tried to go to the producers to try to get the role that Bernie Mac had. But let's be honest. Nobody, if, if Bernie, if Bernie Mac was, per, um, 
was replaced by Steve Harvey. I don't even think it was. Steve Harvey would just not fit in that. And Cat Williams also made a really good point about Steve Harvey is that Steve Harvey no longer does he never he no longer does comedy stand up. They had a falling out on some comedy show, some stand up show that they were doing, and I guess something about Steve Harvey's hair came about. <laughs> It just ripped it. And then apparently ever since then, he's never done another stand-up show. If you notice, Steve Harvey only now does Family Feud and a talk show. And I guess he uses some of his comedy stand-up legacy. I guess in the way he portrays and tells his jokes on his shows and stuff like that, you can kind of tell um, that, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he still wants to be a stand-up comedian, but he's not a stand-up comedian anymore. That's just it. I mean... <laughs> I, I, it's crazy and, and I'm just trying to piece it all together and then you know I could go on and on on how many celebrities he said if I remember um, he said quite a few um, let me see if I could mm, I'm trying to see if there was like a, a list of people he said uh, because it, it was a lot he went in mm, he, he really went in now I'm just trying to see hmm Give me a second. I'm trying to see. Let me see. Maybe there's a news article too. Okay. Actually, this will this will offer some insight. I'm gonna read some of the articles from here that will list some names. And I remember from some some of the interview what he said about these people. And let's see what they say as well. Now I found an article on this about um Cat Williams and that stand up in the um <laughs> the infamous interview. This was published by um, Vulture.com. It was published just on January 5th, I guess a day or two right after the interview. And the headline reads that Cat Williams scorches the earth and every comedian on it. Let me tell you something. When that shit dropped, that was literally like, the, I'm going to use a bad analogy here. It was like the Hiroshima of the comedy world. It was like opening Pandora's box to everything and had every comedian fucking fired. Like they were pissed pissed at this dude for what he said and did anyway the article says remember the last dance the must watch documentary event of early 2020 in which michael jordan reflecting on his final nba championship campaign and legacy captivated the world by finally cutting loose on his former teammates rivals i'm sorry teammates rivals and the headlines that dogged him throughout his career well imagine if the last dance consisted solely on one long interview mind you this was two and a half hours long people um, switch focus from basketball to stand-up and swap out Jordan for com comedy legend Cat Williams. January 3rd, mark the date. It is the date that comedy world will live in infamy because that's the date the shit dropped and that's the date Jaws dropped. That's just me saying that. That wasn't the interview. <laughs> it says on January 3rd, the internet was stopped in its tracks by precisely this as Williams sat down for a nearly three-hour tour of the force interview uh, with ESPN's first take correspondent, Shannon Sharp, on his podcast club, Shay Shay. Quote, the reason I had to come is because you've made a safe place for the truth to be told. This is what Cat Williams, quote unquote, said at the top of the interview. And I have, quote, and he also quotes, I have watched all of these lowbrow comedians come here and disrespect you in your face and tell you straight up lies. Was he there to set the record straight, Sharp asked in reply? Apparently so. So remember, the Shay Shay podcast, if you've been following it, has many celebrities come in from time to time. I've never heard of it until the Cat Williams interview, but I am intrigued. Shout out to Shannon Sharp. I'm going to check out your shit 
because what I'm seeing right now, I never, I never heard of it, but I'm, what I'm seeing right now is looking kind of good. I'm definitely going to definitely gonna check that out. Anyway, it says here, over the course of the interview, Williams makes outrageous claims. He said, Harvey Weinstein offered to suck my penis in front of all my people at my agency. Now, if you guys don't know, Harvey Weinstein is a big executive producer, mogul, um, who's been like accused and perhaps yeah locked up as well for sexual assault of many people within the Hollywood uh, scene. Um, disgraced Harvey Weinstein. And um, it says he airs personal grievances with half a dozen or so comedians, such as Cedric the Entertainer, who allegedly stole one of his jokes. And Michael Blackson, a comedian who doesn't get booed enough, goes deep on the production of Friday After Next and dismisses rumors about his personal life. He may not always be the most reliable narrator, and there are moments like where he refers to Kim Kardashian as a whore, quote, and or fixes too much on which male comedians have worn dresses in movies that would raise eyebrows, but this is very much a strap-in and enjoy-the-ride situation. Okay, yes, the, the, the dress thing. He harped on that quite a bit. And he made a good point. It's kind of like, you know, why do they always want to force a black man in a dress? Now, a few celebrities that have been in a dress is Miguel Nunez. Um, if you guys don't know who Miguel Nunez is, he played Joanna Man. Um, Martin Lawrence. Um, Wesley Snipes. He's been in a dress. He played in the movie Too Wong Fu. The list goes on and on and on. Now, comedians like Dave Chappelle and Cat Williams said fucking no to that. They were just like, absolutely not. Because they didn't want to conform to that idea that a black comedian has to go into a dress. Even there was a clip from Dave Chappelle who gave an interview. Or um, I think it was an interview or a stand-up where he described that he was working on a movie and that they wanted him to go wear a dress. And he fought, fought, fought to not wear that dress. You know, no matter what. Even if they, no matter how much money they paid him, he was just not wearing a dress. Period. He just said point blank period. All right, so it says here also... Um, before the interview even finished premiering on YouTube, it began going viral on Twitter, inspiring memes, jokes, and fact-checking. Because I even I had to go back and look up some shit just to see if what he said was true. And it was even clips and stuff about where the, the joke and stuff was stolen or somewhat, somewhat changed to kind of disguise the fact. And it was some clips, and it, it, <laughs> this is stuff that just comes back to haunt you that I'm pretty sure these comedians wish that was tucked away, but that was not the case. And it came back to bite them in the ass because people really started seeing this shit. And they're like, oh, man, I didn't realize that that was Mark Curry's joke or, or another comedian's joke. Okay? No, I mean, they even had me checking, fact-checking and everything. Uh, it says, provoking responses from some of Williams' targets sparking discourse about how young black comedians rarely get the exposure these older black comedians continue to get and much more. To get the full effect, one must watch the podcast episode in full, but below is a brief selection of various highlights, flagrant accusations, and possible libel. Um, libel. Okay, now he there's a part where he said on Kevin Hart, because um, it kind of broke it down in this article, and I'm kind of glad it did because I didn't watch this. It's been a week since I've seen this thing. Now, he went in on Kevin Hart. Now, it says here in the article, he says, quote, in 15 years in Hollywood, no one in Hollywood has a memory of a sold-out Kevin Hart show. There had been a line for him even getting a standing ovation at any comedy club. He already had his deals when he got here. Have we heard of a comedian that came to L.A. and in his first year in L.A. he had his own sitcom on network television and had his own film called Soul Plane that he was leading? No, we've never heard of that before. That person or since that person. What do you think a plant is? 
this is where he got in. Like that was the example where this guy comes out of nowhere. He gets a sitcom. Now, I mean, let's think about it for a second. People, um, big L.A. wigs, big wigs, producers, talent agents, scout agents, they go to comedy clubs looking for the next best thing. Let's just say for happenstance, Kevin was discovered and somebody called up Hollywood and was like, yo, I got a fresh new comedian. I want you to check this out. And then maybe that might have happened. But... Cat <laughs> is saying basically that it's almost impossible. There's 30,000 scripts or whatever written every day. There's so many people that want to make it big. There's no way that this one kid. I mean, it's always possible, though. You know what I mean? There's a lot of comedians that got their, their, their findings at a comedy club somewhere. Um, I know there's a couple of big comedy clubs. There's one in Chicago, one in L.A., and there's a lot, a lot of talent over the years, decades, that's been discovered in those places. It's no secret. So it also goes on, like, I, I'm not even going to finish reading the Kevin Hart part, but he goes in on Cedric the Entertainer. He goes to say, quote, Cedric's sitting here telling you why he ain't a movie star. He over here looking like a warus. He can't even get his arms off his stomach. Sitting over here, quote, why I'm not in the movie, not why I'm not a movie star. He never wrote anything. Remember when Cedric the Entertainer starts? He's supposed to be singing, dancing, and telling jokes. That's why he's called the Entertainer. We found out he can't sing, he can't dance, he doesn't even write his own jokes. He did four comedy specials. They're so bad. Shannon, they're not even they're not available on Netflix or Tubi. Tubi people, if you know what the hell Tubi is, they have some of the most low rate, low budget programming on the internet right now. Tubi. Think about it. If you're a comedian, you can't even get a special on Tubi. I'm gonna be honest with you. You you might as well just off yourself because there's no way. You can't even get a deal on Tubi. Their, their movie budget is like $5, and the food is catered from Dollar General. That's how low of Tubi you got to be. Like, you can't get it on Tubi. You might as well just, just, just not even bother. You know what I mean? And then he went in on Phase on Love. Now that I think about it now, Phase on Love, you guys know Phase on Love as Big Worm from Friday. Now, Phase on Love, he was also on a TV show called The Parenthood. It's a way back early WB show with Robert Townsend. He was on that as well. He's did some other movies and shit. He was in three. He did that little weird scene in Three Strikes and so on and so on and so on. But he did say that Faison Love never had a stand-up special. In fact, I don't ever recall the I don't ever recall seeing a stand-up comedy show starring Faison Love. Faison Love is always either on a TV show and or a movie. But I've never seen a stand-up or a special with Phase on Love. I'll be honest with you. I don't even got to fact check that. But Phase on Love did go back and clapped on Cat. He found an um <laughs> he found the video of Cat dancing around like he's in the circus or some shit. Needless to say, it has nowhere near the effect that Cat has put on him. And let's be honest, not a lot of people know who Phase on Love is. That's it. And even his own people, Phase on, his own people on net no, I'm sorry, not Netflix. On Instagram was even saying, buddy, you're trying too hard, man. Just let it go. He got you. You know, you're done. You know, you resurfacing this old video of him is it's over. It's over. Okay. And, and, and you just got to move on. And then he went in on uh, Kanye West. He said, quote, I suspect that we're pretty awful people if we say that somebody got a mental illness. And then we watch what they do. Now, if you say somebody got special needs, then why would you be watching them and holding them accountable like everybody else? Wouldn't you grade them on the curve? Because I mean, what we we are over we are reacting. What are we reacting to? 
You're the one that put him in a position where he thought he was God and could call himself Yeezus. And you're the one that told the guy that writes the musical lyrics that he is a genius. You're the one. So why do you, what do you expect? The guy married a whore. I mean, married her because she was one. Not, not he didn't know. He understood that he wanted that. He courted that. That's why he wanted to base his family on it. Hmm. And then Harvey Weinstein. Now, the, he said some shit about Harvey Weinstein, which is crazy. Um, something about inviting him to his dick or some shit. He said, he said, quote, they came to me for talking about Harvey Weinstein before the thing came out. But he offered to suck my penis in front of all my people at my agency. What am I supposed to do? He did all that. I'm thinking I'm the only black person on the script. I get there. There's three other black guys on there. Huh? I told him no. What 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 y'all do? <laughs> then he went on Steve Harvey. Now Steve Harvey, I think, got it the worst, without a doubt. He says, "Quote about Steve Harvey." He said, "You couldn't be a movie star. There are thirty thousand new scripts in Hollywood every year. Not one of them asked for a country bumpkin black dude that can't talk good and look like Mr. Potato Head." <laughs> that shit had me fucking rolling. <laughs> it shit had me gone. And I had to rewind that part a few times. I'm sorry, Steve, but yeah, he he, he roasted you, man. And that Mr. Potato Head joke is nothing new. That shit's been going on for years. And the more I see the Mr. Potato Head, the worse it gets. It said, um, he said, Steve told you that he stopped doing stand-up because he's seen he has seven TV shows. The only problem is when he stopped stand-up, he didn't have those seven TV shows. He stopped stand-up because he got in a comedy battle called the Championships. Of stand-up comedy. That's the little thing I was talking about earlier that I think probably ended up his ended his stand-up career. Um, it says here though, <clears throat> he was in the championship of stand-up comedy with Cat Williams in Detroit in front of ten thousand people and lost because Cat Williams said he was actually bald and that was a wig. And I went in and that's when he couldn't do stand-up anymore. Imagine him coming to tell you another story where he got so big and it was Bernie Mac and then Bernie Mac and them's fault because they wanted to be movie stars. Yeah, because it was Ocean's Eleven. That's the movie that he was trying, that Bernie Mac was in, that Steve Harvey wanted a part of and was trying to literally rip it from Bernie, which him and Bernie are supposed to be really good friends because they're part of the Kings of Comedy. So just imagine one of your, your, your partners trying to rip a movie, uh, a movie script from you, uh, a, a movie opportunity. You guys are supposed to be on the same team, but here this guy go, he's fucking coming out of nowhere, trying to rip a movie from you. Your own dude. Think about that for a second. That shit is crazy. Um, like this other part he said about Steve. He said, this is like Steve Harvey telling people he used to be homeless. That's my story. Because Cat apparently, for what he told people, was that with about $2,000 in his pocket, he left home around age 13, jumped on a truck on the back of a semi or some shit, and went to Florida. That's what he told in his story. Now, it also says here, it says, um, he said, that's my story, not his story. Uh, Steve Harvey was never homeless. Mark Curry was touring with him 25 years ago. He was making $3,000 a show in cash and doing five shows a week. They just tell the stories. Quote, thanks to my wife, I'm where I am. You said that about the first wife. You forgot that. You told her it was her. Then you went and married somebody else that think like a man. What are you talking about? They think they can rewrite history. Then he went on Ricky Smiley. So remember, Ricky Smiley was in Friday After Next. He played that Santa Claus, the thief. Now, there was a bit of a thing where Kat says that Ricky Smiley, for some reason, Ricky, they, Ricky Smiley was delusional and thinking he was supposed to play Money Mike. There's no way I could picture Ricky Smiley as Money Mike. There's no way. 
if you've seen Ricky Smiley, there's no way he could pull that off. In fact, Cat Williams, for what it was told, was Cat Williams supposed to be the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus that was supposed to be a thief, but apparently Cat claims that the Santa Claus is supposed to be a crackhead. And Cat was trying to explain to him, like, who could play a, p- a better pimp than me? Like, who's going to believe Ricky Smiley to be a pimp? I couldn't even picture that. Like, if you show me a, an audition tape of Ricky Smiley auditioning for Money Mike, I wouldn't believe it. I just absolutely wouldn't believe it. But anyway, he gets on Ricky Smiley, though. Now, he says here in the interview about Ricky Smiley, he said, um, that on Ricky Smiley's claim that Williams' role in Friday After Next was intended for him, he quotes to say this. He said, I don't know why he would lose a child and come on the air and start lying. That's why people believe in rituals right there. He said, your story is the Ricky Smiley that couldn't even do curse words because he had a Christian fan base. He was going to play a pimp? Why you didn't ask him why he played why he has played a woman in more movies than he's played a man? You wouldn't let an athlete that's been on steroids talk about one of the greats. Ricky Smiley can't act because Ricky Smiley can't act. <laughs> so it was like, okay, Ricky Smiley's supposed to have he's supposed to be a man of faith, but he's dressing up as a woman, but yet like he wants to be a pimp. It didn't make sense. And I can read the rest of this shit, but if you've seen this, you've seen it. Then he gets in on Chris Tucker. He said, Chris Tucker, uh, he said, the Chris Tucker that we have now is Epstein Island's Chris Tucker, not Smokey. Oh, no. Fuck no. So, yeah, somehow, if you follow in a Jeffrey Epstein shit, which has been quiet the past few days, apparently Chris Tucker's name ends up on the list. I don't know how. All I know is that you should hide, like, if he's on a list, you need to find Sue Young, that little girl from fucking Rush Hour, and hide her away from Chris Tucker. Fast and in a fucking hurry. Fast in a hurry. Anyway, it said Chris Tucker was on there, right? Apparently on list or whatever. That's another thing. But he quotes to say, Chris Tucker didn't want to be the poster child for smoking weed. He don't smoke weed like that. He in the church. He's Michael Jackson's best friend. Michael Jackson called him Christmas. You ever met a man that gave you a nickname like that? <laughs> Whoa. Don't get me wrong. Chris Tucker and Michael Jackson are great friends or were great friends. They were in that Rock My World video. But I'm not going to let another man call me fucking Christmas or any holiday for that. I'm sorry. Let, let somebody nickname my ass Christmas. There's no fucking way you're going to get away with that shit at all. So I don't know what the fuck that's about, but that that's not happening with me. Anyway, he said uh, on Diddy, he moved on to talk about Diddy now. Come on. Diddy has been having a very rough couple of years, few years. Let's be honest, he's finally releasing people's fucking um, music and stuff like that. And the walls are closing in on Diddy, okay? But he goes to quote to say this. He said, I came in this business saying I was going to expose when I talked about Michael Jackson, when I talked about R. Kelly. They canceled me for these things. Because why would you talk about another black dude? Race is not where the line is drawn. It's God's side and the other side. And we don't care about the other side, period. Period. All of these big dick deviants is all catching hell in 2024, and it's up for all of the. And it's up for all of them. It don't matter if you're Diddy or whoever you is, T.D. Jakes, any of them. All lies will be exposed. Hell, he even went on on Wanda Smith. Now Wanda Smith has been in the comedy game for a while. Okay, she's probably one of a few black female comedians out there. There's, there's still a few, but Wanda's up there. Uh, he said about Wanda Smith, he said, you can't flip up on me because you're an inferior comedian. I'm going to destroy you. I'm never going to call you out of your name. I'm never going to say anything disrespectful about people 
who look like you. It's a very thin line I got to call, but this lady is trying to embarrass me in front of a largely homosexual fan base. Uh, that's why she got canceled. Gay people don't take it kindly that you would, as a derogatory, call me gay. Uh, gay people don't feel like it's a derogatory, so why are you trying to shame me with something in a community I don't belong in? <laughs> then he went on Phase on Love. Now, Phase on Love, he said, and I, I, I kind of paraphrased this earlier. He said, Phase on Love, I only put on comedians that are funnier than me. Anybody that ever told you differently was a fat Phase on liar. There's nobody like me in the business. Faison said that getting a Netflix special is easy. I have, tw he said he had 12 specials. Guess how many Faison got? Zero. Why is he allowed to have conversations about real stand-up people? We do not let people who are on the juice discuss real athletes. Then he went on on fucking Michael Blackson. Now, Michael Blackson, I was kind of disappointed because he's not really that, like, I always thought he had that African accent, but it's part of his skit. He's a regular dude from Philly, apparently. He said, most comedians don't get booed enough. That's how you end up with Michael Blackson, who is real African doing a fake African accent. <laughs> if, you are, if you're the African king of comedy, sir, there's actually comedians in Africa doing comedy. If you're going to say that, you've got to go to Africa and get a, and get a school. You've got to put in some work. And these guys that take my advice, they change their whole persona and then hate me for it. Uh, Blackson responded to Williams in a series of tweets on January 3rd, saying, among the other things, Cat Williams is a very smart midget nigga. He took shots at the top 10 comedians alive today so we can all respond and make him relevant again. That's another thing. A lot of people were speculating that perhaps Cat Williams is kind of just falling out of grace and nothing's really happening with him. So he's got he's to come up with this thing. It's like Japan. No, in World War II Japan, nobody was paying them any attention. It was like, yo, we're doing shit, but nobody's like following us. Like, what do we do? Let's go bomb Pearl Harbor and, and really wake the world up. And a lot of people are looking at it in that aspect that Cat Williams is just a dying entity, a comedian with no sort of demand who needed to get back out there. Now, again, this can have good and bad actions and tensions behind it. It all depends on how it's looked at. Um, now, he went in on Jonathan Majors. Now, Jonathan Majors, that man is just in shambles. He lost the opportunity to still be in the Marvel movie because of the shit he pulled or whatever or been accused of pulling. He said about Jonathan Majors, though, he said, I didn't want to get with a white woman because I was scared she might have me running down the street like Jonathan Majors. Not because I didn't like white women. I think white women are as great as any other woman, but I'm not going to act like I'm not scared of them. I have a reason to be scared. You could be Kang the Conqueror, and, you can, and they can take your rabbit ass down in two weekends. Then he went on Joe Rogan, went on Ludacris, Ludacris, and even went on Martin, Martin, of all people. Now, that's where the whole thing with the dress came about, because you remember Martin put on a dress for Big Mama's house? In fact, he even dressed up in a dress on his own TV show, Martin. And he even played Shanene. Yeah, exactly. So he went on Martin. He said, Martin tried to put me in the first dress, and he put me in my first dress when he had to go on his hiatus. Now, I know where this goes because it was actually for auditioning Big Mama's House 2. And um, I'm not even going to read that whole quote because I remember this part. He tried to put him in a dress, he, and Cat was just not going for it. So he hired Brandon T. Um, what's that actor? Brandon T. Uh, who the fuck did he hire for that? It's that dude. Just look him up. Brandon T. Johnson or some shit like that. He hired him to be in Big Mama's House 2. And wearing a dress cat was just not down with it. it. He's just not down with it. Even like Martin even tried to encourage him. Like, yo, all the grades do it. All the grades do it. But he's like, no, I'm not doing that. 
Then he went on on Taraji P. Henson. Now, he said about Taraji, he said, um, it was the saddest thing ever because imagine being in your genre, in your sub-niche, whatever it is. Imagine being in your lane. Imagine being one of the very top of your lane to the point where if they don't take you for the role, there's not three black actresses that they could say are bigger than you that we're going to give this to. Imagine you being at the point and have to humble yourself and say, they're not paying me, y'all, and they're not making me pay. They're not making my pay go up. Anyway, yeah, she's been doing some comparisons in Hollywood how where she's getting paid versus her white counterparts are getting paid. Now, Taraji, I think one of the first roles I've seen her in was, and, 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 that I know memorably, memorable roles was Baby Boy. I don't know any other cutting-edge role she's been in where she's in demand like that to where you're going to get paid. Now, of course, there's always a racial disparity when it comes to salaries. It's been like that for decades, okay? But let's be honest. There's no one out there going for Taraji P. Henson. I remember the last Taraji P. Henson movie I've seen was that biopic she did on one of the first black um, engineers at NASA um, that helped get the man on the move. She was supposed to be like a calculative genius um, based on an actual person. Okay, and that movie, I think, was was awesome. I'm going to try to find out. Now it's stuck in my head. Brandon T. I'm, I'm trying to find out who that actor was that. Um, let me see. Brandon T. Brandon T. Jackson. That's the guy. That's the guy that ended up playing in Big Mama's House, too, that um, would have been Cat Williams if he had taken the role. But, you know, again, he was just like, I'm not getting no damn dress, period. I'm not getting an address. So the role went to um, Brandon T. Jackson. Okay, if you guys know Brandon G. T. Jackson, if you don't, then obviously you just got to look him up. <laughs> All right, let me see. I want to see something real quick. Uh, yeah, because he played in um, Eight Mile Roll Bounce. <sighs> what else did he play? I know he played in Big Mama's House, too. I'm not crazy. Uh, I remember he was he played in one of those movies. Well, he played in something. He dressed up in a dress either way. I could have sworn it was Big Mama's House, too. I was wrong. I was wrong. Oh, it was um, Big Mama's, like, father, like, son. That's, yeah, that's it. It was the third mo- Damn, there was three fucking Big Mama House movies. Holy fuck. I would have not known. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's where he played. That's the movie that um, Martin wanted Cat to play in. And it was like, no. Absolutely not. But I guess what begs the question is, where do you go from here? Where does Cat Williams, what is his next move? You know, you got a lot of powerful people in Hollywood that's going to make this dude really excommunicado. Like, any future prospects or roles he this man will never get again. Because those big wigs that he sat there and put on blast like that know some people up at the top that is going to be like, do not hire this man for shit. He exposed a lot of us. He embarrassed us. He embarrassed our work, your work. Do not put that man up there. Don't do it. Or this could turn into a positive for Cat, where he's granted more roles, perhaps more interviews, because I'm pretty sure everybody's going to want to interview this dude. And believe me, you're going to have to pay a price to, um, to, and to be interviewed by Cat Williams. You're going to pay a price either way. So I'm really hoping personally that shit goes well for this dude and that like Hollywood doesn't have it out for him. Because freedom of speech, free speech is costly. And free speech comes with consequences. There have been many a celebrity, actor, actress, musician that has spoken out about some shit and completely been blacklisted from their from their industry. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's that's something that I hope doesn't happen with Cat. 
In fact, let me see. I'm going to check real quick and see what the hell, um, if he got any future projects coming up. Hopefully he does, man, because I would love to see more of this dude. And I think with this, I really hope that this really opens shit up for him. But let me see if he's got any. Look up his. Uh, okay, he doesn't got anything coming up. I think the last shit he did was um, some movie called For the Love of Money. Um, but he doesn't have anything else coming up, man. Like, I don't know. I really hope Um, I got a lot of comedy specials, but that's it. Who knows? Maybe he's done in the movie world. Maybe he's done with Hollywood. I mean, after this, you know, he might as well be because they're probably going to blacklist the fuck out of this dude. He might as well just be done. But I feel like it's kind of a double-edged sword. I think he will be okay. And he could get by on, like, comedy shows and shit like that. But him, for this interview, he definitely got a little pretty penny for it. I don't know how much you two would have paid for this interview, but... Let's be honest, he's definitely earning his money and perhaps may have even earned his flowers with this interview. Oh, man, I was very enthusiastic about this episode. I was actually waiting to do this episode, but I was waiting for the right day and I wanted to gather as much information and make sure that I you know, have enough material to cover it. I got 45 minutes already in the show. I haven't done an episode this long in a bit. In fact, right now, I think this is the longest episode uh, so far this year, to be honest. No episode is yet touched an hour but it will get there but meanwhile i'm gonna cut it and i'm done with it i can only hope the best for cat no you're not listening to this show it's too many other fucking podcasts to listen to but if you do listen to this i really hope you definitely earned your flowers my guy you definitely earned it all right so hey thanks for listening to this episode i've been waiting to do this for a while it's done i'm about to go to sleep wrap this up Stay tuned for the next episode when it may premiere. And again, please send me an email, the Daily Mind Podcast at gmail.com. Send it, send anything like a love letter. I don't know, maybe not a love email or letter, but um, send me um, some advice. Send me um, an episode or a topic you want me to talk about. And I do have some people coming up, some guests um, that is going to also be on this show. That's I've got a few people that actually want to like kind of give this a go. So we'll see what happens. In the meanwhile, Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I love this episode and love the people who are listening to this show. Thank you. And again, we'll do this again next time. Stay tuned for uh, whenever the next episode come up, all right? Have a great evening. Have a great day. Peace out. Straight thugs on this side, let's do a die to the death like the terminal ill, taking their last breath, read your last right. God forgive me for the sin I'm about to commit, taking the life, kill a big kill. Rabbit.